Well, my day started like any other. I woke up, I got ready, and I started walking to the temple. The only thing that was going to make this day a little different was that my name was drawn to do the temple duties for the first time this year. When I got to the temple, I got ready, and I started the purification process before I entered into the Holy of Holies. When I walked through those curtains, I immediately lit incense, and as the aroma filled the space, I heard people begin to worship outside. Their prayers were filled with hope and expectation. Could this be the day that the Lord finally appears? See, it's been 500 years since the last angel came. It's been 400 years since we heard from the Lord, and we need anything from God at this point. It always leaves me in awe to hear people still worshiping, people that still believe. Because if I'm honest, I have to fight my unbelief as I walk through those curtains today. See, I have been married a long time, and we have wanted a child for a long time. And all of those long times have led to fear and doubts and unbelief inside of me. Yes, of course, we've learned a lot. I mean, we have learned a lot. The Lord has taught us a lot in the nothing. But my hopefulness has turned to a deafening silence. God, where are you? Where have you been? Why aren't you speaking? Why is it taking so long? And that's where I want us to begin today. Today, we are going to look at joy. But I thought there was a part of this story that really we need to touch on first. Because the truth is, the story is from Luke. And it's Zachariah and Elizabeth. And there was a lot of emotions going on in that story. So that was Zachariah. I read this to my, to my oldest child last night. She's like, that's not true. You have me. That's not what really happened. What are you talking about? And she's like, this is so confusing. Why are you starting it this way? So I'm sorry if that was confusing, but that was from the perspective of Zechariah. And one of my favorite, my favorite ways to enter scripture is to actually think about what were the emotions, what were the feelings, to be in the spot of a specific person in, that, in the whole passage. And so for me, Zechariah was the one that we went with today. But the more I reflected on it, the more I realized that this story was full. See, it goes on to say that all of a sudden, the whole place was filled with incense and the aroma was just full in that space. But then Zechariah realizes that he is not alone. And that space is consumed with an angel. And the angel breaks in and he says, I have great news for you. Your prayers have been heard. You are about to have a child. It is going to be a boy. And he's about to change and lead the way for the coming Messiah. Can't you sit in that moment? Like I, there's a part of me that sits there and I, and I can imagine Zachariah being like, what? But then also breathtaking that the whole space would be filled with an angel. So this, I, I could be wrong, but I'm going to claim that this happened on Thursday with Refresh. There was something so significantly different in here that when you entered into the room on Thursday over lunch, you felt like you were invading a space that was already full and that you were such a sliver of what the heavenlies were doing. It was beautiful. 
For the last two weeks, we have been in a series about Advent. And the thing that I've loved about this year is that we've looked at it from the perspective we've been supposed to be looking at it for years, honestly. It's this journey to Bethlehem together. And oftentimes when I think of a pilgrimage or journey, I think of Lent. But there's something about Advent that happens that is just beautiful because we're leading up to the Messiah breaking in. For the first time, the Lord's speaking in 400 years. My mind can barely grasp that. 400 years of silence. The thing I keep talking to people about is like, how did faith continue in 400 years of nothing? I was talking to someone and they said, well, maybe God was talking and no one heard. But scripture literally says nothing happened for 400 years. Can you imagine? They were going on generation after generation after generation of stories. And the Lord kept that spark alive. So as I reflected in this season about this story, I have realized more and more how much I love this story. And for the last two years, I've had the opportunity to speak on it with our high school students. But every time I've talked about this story, it has actually been the, this moment, the moment of God finally speaking, the moment where, the, where Gabriel jumps in, he probably didn't jump in, but when Gabriel came in to that holy of holies and said, all right, something's changing. But like I said earlier, I can't help but wonder what was really happening in Zechariah. What were the questions he asked? Because the truth is, his questions are probably my questions. And the truth is that even when God encounters me, there are times where I'm wondering, is this unbelief or disbelief? And is my unbelief able to be changed to belief and hope? Or is my disbelief going to leave me staying the same? So in this beautiful passage, I want to... Continue reading, but this time from Luke 1, 63. And it says, When Zechariah returned home after his priestly duties were, were completed, he and Elizabeth conceived. And the promise spoken over them grew. Nine months later, when Elizabeth was full term, she gave birth to a healthy baby boy. And her neighbors and relatives rejoiced with her and Zechariah. When it was time for them to name their son, everyone felt his name should be Zechariah just like the customs would do. But Elizabeth bravely spoke up and said, nope, he's supposed to be John. Everyone was in shock because that is not what you do in the custom. They turn to Zechariah. And in the passage, it talks about that they like made motion. So then there was this piece of me that wondered, okay, so Zechariah knew couldn't speak, but could he not hear? Why would they motion it all to him because he could hear fine but they say they turn to Zechariah and they're expecting him to be like this is my son without speaking those words and they're wanting him wanting his name to be Zechariah and he takes a tablet and says no his name is to be John and everyone was surprised the son they had been waiting for was finally here his name is should be Zechariah, but it's John. And surprise took surprise when all of a sudden, Zechariah's mouth opens, his tongue is loosened, and he starts praising and worshiping God. And he starts speaking prophecy. But see, Zechariah means God remembers. And after so many years and so many prayers, Zechariah felt like God probably actually had forgotten. Elizabeth means God's promise. And in the deafening silence, 
and years of nothing. She still wondered, does God still keep or make promises? In the many years of silence, it seemed that God no longer cared, no longer saw, and was no longer around. But the angel of the Lord spoke to Zechariah, God remembers, and his wife Elizabeth, God's promise, that they would give birth to a baby boy named John, whose name means God is gracious. God promised a miracle through a messenger to a couple that everyone felt sorry for, that some even looked down upon, and a couple that couldn't believe it in the moment. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit in this moment as soon as as his tongue was loosened. And he begins to speak prophecy after prophecy about finally the things we've been waiting for are about to happen. They're coming true. The angel of the Lord told me this. And he starts speaking beautiful words over his son, that he is going to be the one that prepares the way for the master that is coming. That salvation was finally going to come to our people. That the Lord was actually going to rescue us from our enemies. And that darkness would no longer be triumphant because God God was going to break in and be the light of the world. And then John goes into the wilderness. And he stays there until the day he makes his prophetic debut. God does great miracles in our most desperate places. The truth is he is the definer of our realities. This week I was in the lighthouse and I was praying about something and the Lord kept saying, I am the definer of realities. I have the final word on destinies. No one else and nothing else can. God was no longer silent. And thankfully we are not in a time when God is silent anymore. Because I, honestly, can you imagine that? God is always working. He's always speaking. He's always ready to show his heart. And he's always wanting to fill us. He's always wanting that encounter. I think in a story like Zechariah and Elizabeth, when all of a sudden, because of Zechariah's doubt, the angel says, okay, you're not going to speak. Because you doubted, you're not going to speak. It's easy for me to then listen to the enemy's voice who says, is God that good? Because if he was good, would he really do something like that? And I want to say God's that good. See, one perspective that I looked at just this week was a different perspective than any other perspective I had thought of this whole season and for the last three years. Because it's kind of fun. It's fun to think about being Gabriel and being the one that steps in. It's fun to think about being maybe John the Baptist in the, ba- in the womb and then all of a sudden out of the womb, which there are great thoughts around that. But there's, it's also fun to think about being Elizabeth and being in longing. But the one perspective I have never thought about was being God in this moment. Could you imagine the Trinity being in heaven? Man, okay, so as as I was thinking about this perspective, I could barely handle what the Lord, I felt like, was saying to me in this. Because I think the idea is, and our thoughts can easily go to that he was in heaven and was like, yep, this is just how it is. I'm going to be silent. And you guys just hold on. At some, some point, I'll break in. But man, all of a sudden, I got this sense that God was in heaven and he was like, I want to talk to you so bad. I want to say something to you. I need to be able to speak to you. I created you to be in relationship with me. 
this is so hard for my heart. And so all the, then my mind went to, okay, so then the Trinity's talking and they're having this conversation and that God's probably sitting on the edge of his seat saying, okay, when's the day? And that they might even, because, you know, I have kids, and so they might even have a paper chain and they're tearing off chain link after chain link and they finally get to the last link. And then finally God's like, this is the day. Okay, Gabriel. Okay, Trinity, come on. Let's, we're going to get Gabriel. Okay, all of us, let's call Gabriel. Gabriel, come in. You are going to be that guy that's going to jump in. You are going to be the guy that's going to break the silence. You are going to be the guy that finally we get to have encounters again. You are that guy. And then that the Trinity gets so excited because finally they get to be in relationship again. See, God's heart has always been for his creation. God's heart has always wanted to be in relationship. He literally created us to have relationship. He never said that I am going to create you just to smite you, just to be silent to you, just to do the things that you don't want. He has always said, I want the best for you. And so we begin to see his protective heart. We, get, we, we begin to see that his desire is for the light of the world to come and to say something beautiful and to show and reveal the truth of who he is and the actual nature of God so that we can securely stand in our relationship with him. I want to go back and, to the passage and talk about Zechariah's prophecy really fast. So will you read that with me? Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and set the people free. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives and in the very house of David, his servant, just as he promised long ago, through the preaching of his holy prophets, deliverance from our enemies and every hateful hand, mercy to our fathers as he remembers to do what he said he would do. What he promised to our father Abraham, a clean rescue from the enemy camp, so we can worship him without a care in the world, made holy before him as long as we live. And you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his way, present the offering of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins through the heartfelt mercies of our God. God's sunrise will break in upon us, shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way one foot at a time down to the path of peace. Afterward, his son grew up and was strengthened by the spirit and he grew in his love for God. These words are so beautiful because Zechariah immediately, after nine months of silence, begins to worship. And today I say to you that that is not always my first response, if I'm honest with you. This October, I had a moment of breakthrough. I like to call it my day of breakthrough. And it was this struggle that Zachariah was having, I want to say, in this passage. So I have been praying for breakthrough for three things for a while. I wanted breakthrough in communication. I wanted breakthrough in a few relationships. And I wanted breakthrough in some old mindsets. And I was in the Holy Spirit class and it was my second time being in it. And I was pretty confident that I knew quite a bit about the book that we were reading by John Brevere because I was helping teach it. But as we were in the class, I began to wonder if I even listened the first time because I was learning so much information that I was like, was I even a part of this class before? What is happening? 
So one day we were talking about prayer and what a gift prayer is. And then they started talking about prayer languages. And they said, when we pray and we partner with the spirit and we ask the Lord for discernment and breakthrough, beautiful things can happen out of that. So I had never heard of it from that perspective before. And so I decided to try it that night. And I was praying and praying. And all of a sudden I had my first breakthrough on one of those three things. And then I started celebrating. I went to my, my husband, Mike, and I said, yes, guess what? I finally had breakthrough in this. And we were celebrating and rejoicing. I went to sleep the next morning. I was praying and I continued to pray and rejoice, but pray. And all of a sudden I had breakthrough again on one, a second one of those situations. And I was a little in shock, but was still really excited about the whole interaction and was like, man, the Lord is answering prayers today. This is wonderful. And then I go to the lighthouse and I come down from the lighthouse and I have the third breakthrough. And my heart went from excitement to why today? Why today of all days would you start breaking through? Why are, were you silent for so long? And then today's the day you say, this is the day I'm going to do things. I feel like this is a lot for today. Maybe we could do breakthrough three days in a row and that would feel better for me because this is a lot for me to take in. And immediately I heard the voice of the Lord say, but haven't you been praying for breakthrough? See, sometimes our breakthroughs are actually the collision of the light of the world and the doubts that we have, making a beautiful mess of what we can read in this passage. See, the unbelief that he has is actually this collision. God breaks in. He does beautiful things when he breaks in. But in the collision, it's easy to judge, shame ourselves when the Lord's saying, no, 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 let's just sit for a second and reflect what's going on inside of you. So when the Lord said, weren't you praying for breakthrough? It was my opportunity to either keep walking or to sit for a second and be like, well, yeah, what is that? Why is that inside of me? Why do I wonder when you break through when really that's all I've been wanting? Today, as we can end our time, I want us to talk about an invitation that I feel like is in this passage. It's an invitation for us to receive I want to invite us to actually ask God for a gift this season. In the week of joy, to ask the Lord for more joy. Because even in our collisions, the outcome is joy if we allow it to be. So Zechariah had nine months to reflect on joy. He had nine months to think through and wrestle with the Lord. Why were my thought processes that way? What was happening inside of me? What were you doing? Why are you doing this? And then we saw the outpour of joy. As we, if you look through the passage, so I did a lot of paraphrasing of the passage because like I said, I really like trying to be in the passage. And so then you got a little bit of my emotions and thoughts in the middle of that. But if you read the passage, there's this correlation that happens. When the spirit fills, then joy. When the spirit fills, then joy. When the spirit fills, then joy. And we begin to see that over and over and over again in the book of Luke. When the spirit fills, then joy. And I think sometimes I just forget to ask for the spirit to fill. 
I just forget to pause and say that that's really what I need. And instead I envy the joy that people have. And instead of just sitting back and saying, okay, Lord, really what I need is more of you in this moment. And so I want us to ask for a gift from the Lord. That was a long way of getting to that point. I'm sorry about that. But I want us to ask for a gift from the Lord. A greater infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so there is this ancient and old practice that is called anointing. And so we're going to go into anointing ourselves today. So there is oil of joy. This is what we use here at third. And we anoint at all different times, but sometimes we anoint when we are praying over spaces and we anoint and we seal it. And this week, as I was studying what anointing means, it literally means to be smeared or to be covered. And then I found it interesting because Jesus was actually anointed before his ministry started, which then made me realize if Jesus needed and wanted anointing, then probably I need and want anointing and or should. And so that's why we're all doing it today, (laughs) if I'm honest. So the opportunity is for us to invite the Lord to fill us more this season, to declare some things. So we're going to do an old practice with a newer twist to it, a more modern twist to it. So we're going to anoint our heads with a cross if you feel the Lord's inviting you to do that. Or if you feel like you just need to do that. And then declare some things over ourselves. Because sometimes our declaration, our words actually have the ability to change our outcomes. And when I mean by sometimes, I actually mean all the time. That some, I, I re, Mike calls me out, the, <laughs> my husband, that I can sometimes use words. There we go. I can use words that like want to try to ease the pressure. But the pressure is like our words can have significant power and can change our realities. And so I want to invite us to come forward during our last two songs of worship. There's pillows in the front with the anointing oil. And then there's a little prayer for us to pray. And I actually want us to pray it out loud, which may feel weird, but the great thing is our next two songs are really loud. So no one's going to actually hear you do this. And so it'll be really great. But what I want us to pray is that I declare you are the faithful one. I declare that you are trustworthy. I reject and renounce the ways that fear has led me to believe something different about you. Holy Spirit, come fill me today. Fill me to a place where my overflow is joy. May the joy of the Lord be my strength in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to invite us to ask for that gift. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes in a season like this, where we're with a lot more people, I can leak a lot of joy in God and I am just a leaky vessel all the time. And so I want to explain that a little bit because I think we can use Christian terms where they may not always make sense. And so what I say by leak is that we're always interacting with people. And whenever we interact with someone, we're making an exchange, whether we know it or not. And so all of a sudden we're giving so much out to people that we aren't actually asking for the infilling. And so by the end of the week, we're like, oh my goodness, I'm so tired. I just need to go into my room and shut off and I can't be by another person because I have given so much of myself. And so when you're with family all the time or when you're with a bunch of people or when your kids are home all the whole break, when you're with people and that's different than what you're used to, you leak more. 
And my tendency in this, you all might be better people than me, and I 100% say amen to that. But my tendency is to forget to ask for the Holy Spirit to fill me in those moments. And so I just sit and I, I sit in those moments of like, oh, I feel so gross. And why do I just want to hide in my bed and shut the door and honestly watch Netflix all day? Like, why do I want to do that? Well, the truth is I'm not just asking the Lord for more. And that's been his invitation to me this season. Do you want more of me? Ask for more of me. I'm ready to give you the more. And so I want to invite us to come forward, anoint our heads, and then declare this over ourselves. So as we enter into our last two songs, may you be blessed. And may you boldly declare who you are and who God is and wants to truly be for you in this season. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that your heart is always for us as your creation. I thank you that you love us deeply. And I thank you that your heart is to encounter and be in relationship. God, thank you that your invitations are never ending. And so God, I pray for all of us that we will have a new infilling of joy this season. And that as you infill us with your spirit, that the only thing that can pour out is joy. So may the joy of the Lord be our strength as we walk forward and as we stand and declare and as we celebrate the coming of the Messiah. In Jesus' name, amen.